Hey, boss women. I'm your host, Lindsay Lawless, and you're listening to the Women of Wealth podcast, where we blend the woo with strategy so you can create a confident, powerful, and secure relationship with your cash flow. I am on a mission to educate and empower women around their finances so we can create more women millionaires. More women in positions of power means more wealth into the hands of women, empowering them to build a legacy for themselves and their families, all while increasing the frequency of the planet. Like, come on. And this starts with healing our relationship with money so that we can bridge the masculine and the feminine and bring the soul back into money. So if you are looking for a space to learn about creating additional streams of income, organizing your finances, stepping into abundance, and getting your money working for you, then you're in the right place. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about conscious consumerism guide to the holidays. So we're going to be diving into all things conscious consumerism. Um, If this is something you've heard of, if this is something that you're already interested in, something that you're already into, something you feel like you're already walking out, or maybe even something that you feel like you want to grow a little bit more in, this is going to be a great opportunity for you to tune in and find out not only some actionable tips and some strategies for you to kind of make the most and get the best bang for your buck over the holidays, whether you're treating yourself or whether you're shopping for friends and family. Um, But it's also going to help us to kind of mitigate some of the impulses that happen when we kind of get caught in that paradigm of emotional spending or overspending. So one of the first things that I want to just go ahead and address, uh, the the elephant in the room, if you will, Uh, Black Friday. And Cyber Monday, I'm actually going to go ahead and just kind of talk about these together. Uh, They're pretty, I mean, Black Friday is typically used to be a day. It's now become pretty much week-long sales across the board for most companies, um, whether that's a product or a service. And Cyber Monday typically relates, obviously, specifically to the online space. But seeing as we're in the middle of a pandemic, most of our Christmas shopping will be online this year anyhow. So there isn't as much of a clear distinction this year between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So not only are we seeing Black Friday deals that are going the entire week long um, leading up to Black Friday itself, but we're also seeing Cyber Monday deals being kind of thrown into the mix. And even that sometimes continued throughout the week. So we pretty much have two weeks of being bombarded with marketing and sales and marketing tactics, some of which are really healthy and amazing from amazing brands and companies, and some of which are maybe not as healthy that are using a lot more of the scarcity and a lot of the kind of fear tactics to get you to spend. So I want you to be mindful of that as we kind of dive deeper into this conversation. Um, we're also going to talk about Christmas shopping. So I mean Christmas shopping both as getting ahead of the game on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and buying things for friends or family that you were already planning to buy or that maybe were already on the list or that you know that they want um, or that you think would be a great gift. And it also refers to kind of the ongoing few weeks between what we're going through now with Black Friday and Cyber Monday here in November, and then kind of throughout December leading up to Christmas itself. Um, If you're anything like me, uh, I'll buy a couple of things um, if I already know what people want or what those things are in advance. But I'm usually doing most of my Christmas shopping in the last week or two. Um, Granted, again, we're in an online space where we're doing most of our shopping because of the pandemic. So I won't necessarily have the same quote unquote luxury. Not that I think it's a luxury to wait last minute to do shopping. Um, But I won't have that same luxury to be able to wait because I will have to be mindful of shipping and the increased uh, transportation that will be happening because so many more people will be shopping online. Um, to kind of build in that plan and that time to make sure that people are receiving gifts by Christmas. So, you know, we're committing as a family, as a couple, Jesse and I, my husband and I, we're committing to, you know, getting most of our stuff done at least two weeks in advance. 
and ensuring that we're not going to kind of be in that last minute rush or have any of that pressure. So I encourage you to, you know, start thinking similarly as we go through some of these strategies and these actionable items that you can kind of start to apply to your life and your situation and your finances and your shopping habits over this holiday um, to be more, again, of a conscious consumer. So some of the things that are really, really important through this, and I'll share again some of the tips and tricks that, you know, my husband and I in particular use. Uh, but one of the first things to kind of be mindful of before we can even get into kind of some of these higher level tweaks that we can do to optimize it even better uh, is we really need to get clear on spending in alignment with our values. And if we haven't done like if we haven't done an exercise or if we haven't really gotten clarity around what our values are, it's very difficult for you to start to spend in alignment with them. So first things first, we really need to do an inventory. We really need to do an assessment and say, okay, who am I? What do I stand for? What matters to me? What are the causes that are important? What are the social like social justice causes? What are the human rights causes? What are, whether that looks like, um, for example, like what are the philanthropic causes, whether that's, you know, green energy or protecting animals, whatever that looks like, what are these causes and these impacts and these missions that are important to me? And start to, you know, do an assessment of your spending, start to do an assessment of your money habits, look at your budget, look at your bank statement, look at your credit card statement, even just, you know, think to yourself, what have I spent money on in the last week? And really start to look at, are the things that I'm spending on in alignment with my personal values? So for example, if small businesses are really important to you, um, and I'm not coming for anyone in particular, you know, everything that I'm going to share in this episode is completely free of any judgment or shame or anything like that. And I think that that's so important in this work because it's so easy for us to not think that it's inappropriate to talk about money and then feel even more resistance to talking about it because of our own shame and judgment of thinking that we're doing it wrong. And ultimately, there is no wrong way. There isn't necessarily a right way either. It's ultimately, and a big part of the work I do with my clients, is finding what's right for you. And that's why these values exercises are so important because there is no one size fits all when it comes to conscious consumerism. There is no one size fits all when it comes to spending in alignment with your values. So as you start to do this work and as you start to get clear around your own personal values, start to ask yourself, like, for example, if I support small businesses and I support black owned businesses and I support businesses owned by women and businesses owned by people of color, then me going to Starbucks rather than the local coffee shop down the street that's owned by people of color and people in my neighborhood, uh, you know, granted that in of itself is a privileged statement because I live in the New York area and it's incredibly diverse. So if you're listening to this and you live in a small town, I'm actually visiting home right now in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I understand that like you might not necessarily always have the opportunity to go to a black owned business, whether that's physically. Um, however, again, we're in an online space now. So many of the products and services that we're purchasing are online. So the excuse that you can't find that you can't find black owned businesses or you can't find businesses that are owned by people or women of color, um, it doesn't really hold up anymore because again, most of our spending is happening online. So you can find them if you're willing to do the research. So like I said, if this is, but let's go back to this example, just for the sake of illustration, let's say that that's the case. Um, if I'm going to Starbucks to get my coffee, then not only am I not supporting local businesses, I am not supporting women of color. I'm not supporting women ultimately because Starbucks is a very male owned and male dominated company. I mean, I actually worked at Starbucks when I was younger in college, so I can speak 
this not only from, you know, the outside, but actually looking from the inside. Um, and essentially the patriarchy and the corporate paradigm and the capitalism that is present in Starbucks. And again, I'm not shaming and guilting anyone. Like I enjoy Starbucks once in a while as well, but I'm super intentional about it. It's not like my go-to thing because, not because I don't enjoy the beverages, they're wonderful, but because it's not in alignment with my values. It does not put dollars into the hands of the people and the causes that I want to support and the people and the causes that I'm looking to empower. It empowers more patriarchy. It empowers more corporate money and more profits. And that's not necessarily what I'm looking to empower. Those are not the paradigms that I'm looking to feed or to fuel. So again, we're not coming for anyone in particular. For those of you that are listening that are like, oh, coming for me with my like dirty chai latte or my triple venti, et cetera, et cetera. However fancy your drink is. Americano iced with two pumps of vanilla. Um, again, I'm saying this because I literally worked there and I've drunk, I've probably had, you know, hundreds of Starbucks beverages over the course of my life. So this is not a lens of shame and judgment for those of you who are listening. This is an opportunity to go deeper. This is an opportunity to look within and to say, what are my values? Not to judge and shame yourself for all of the spending that you did before you had clarity on your values, but to actually go within and look at your values and say, okay, now that I understand that this is what I stand for, now now that I understand that this is what matters to me, I'm going to act accordingly moving forward. We don't want to get like kind of stuck in that trap of I'm not willing to do the deeper work because then I have to acknowledge all the mistakes that I've made and accuse this shame and this guilt and this cycle. That's not the goal. We want to be able to be compassionate. We want to be able to be loving and understanding towards ourselves and towards, you know, past versions of ourselves that made decisions from a place of disempowerment, that made decisions from a place of not having the education, not understanding ourselves, not understanding what matters to us. And rather than holding us ourselves to the standard of unrealistic perfection that like, oh, I can't believe I didn't already have all of this together. The reality is like, we're all on a learning journey. We are all figuring this thing out together. We're all figuring out what life looks like in quarantine. We're looking, we're figuring out what life looks like as the new normal, as we garner into this new age. So the reality is, you know, we weren't taught about money. We didn't learn, a lot of us did not learn about this in school or didn't hear about this from our parents. So like, I don't want you to blame yourself for your past decisions and allow that to be a hindrance to you making better decisions moving forward. So I really want to give that disclosure. So just to kind of give you guys context, um, I'll share some of my values to kind of like, you know, give you something to kind of anchor into or feel into um, to maybe use as a template or a framework for building out your own values or getting clarity around your values. And if you already have done a similar exercise, if you're already clear on what your values are, if you're a business owner, you know, I highly recommend also doing this exercise for your business or for your brand, because a lot of those might be shared values, but some of them might not be the same. So for example, like one of my most important values is connection. And another important value for me is honoring myself. That's a value for me on a personal level. That's not necessarily a value in my business. In my business, things like mentorship, teaching, empowering, these are things that are core values of my brand. And yes, they matter to me as an individual, but at the same time, there's just some nuanced differences. So again, if you are a business owner, I recommend doing this exercise for your business as well. Um, it's super, super helpful. And kind of tying it back to the personal side, sharing my own experience, my key values and, you know, kind of sort of a mantra that I've been really holding on to in this season is minimal, sustainable, and luxurious. And ultimately, if it doesn't meet all three of these criteria, we're not picking and choosing with our values. Like, again, we as consumers have the power. Our dollar matters. Our dollar is a vote. Our dollar is saying this is who I want to support. This is what, this is the kind of business. This is the kind of brand. This is the kind of company. These are the kind of values of these companies that really matter to me. And I want to put my dollar behind that. I want to vote for this company. I want to vote for this brand. I want to vote for this product or the service because 
their mission, their impact, what they're trying to do, the way that they're doing it, the way that they're revolutionizing the industry, the way that they're really bringing, you know, some of these key issues to the forefront, whatever that is for you, whether that's sustainability or human rights or what, whatever that looks like. Um, or even like, you know, for example, like getting paid like a fair wage and like knowing that these companies have, uh, are paying their team and paying their employees and paying these people that work for them that help to create these products or services a living wage. That might be something that's important to you. So essentially, we don't have to pick and choose. We have the power. We as the people, we as the consumers have the power. That's the whole point of conscious consumerism. And that's the trends that we're seeing in the market as we move more and more towards this model of conscious consumerism as a collective society. So like I said, if it doesn't meet all three of those areas, minimal, sustainable, and luxurious, I don't buy it. And sometimes that's hard. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I'm coming from like, um, I'm coming from a, like a family history of a mother who loved to shop and loved a good deal and loved to save and would spend hours in discount stores just enjoying, you know, the process of shopping. And uh, I come from, you know, the history of the fast fashion world and, you know, not having a lot of money growing up and only being able to afford the Forever 21s and the H&Ms and the Rue 21s when I wanted to like dress trendy or dress on brand or on style or whatever. Uh, granted, a lot of those paradigms came from me not having done the deeper work and me wanting to be liked or me wanting to please others or me wanting to not look messy, which caused me to need to create this persona like I was like everyone else because I didn't want to feel different. I didn't want to feel poor. I didn't want to feel less than. So granted, you know, I on my own journey have done a lot of this deeper work, but I just like want to give you guys a glimpse of like how deep this stuff goes. Because again, if you're not spending this way or if you haven't spent that way before, it's okay. We are not holding ourselves to the fire about all of our past decisions or all of our debt or all of our past spending. We are realizing that in this moment, we have the opportunity to create a new future. In this moment, we are choosing to empower ourselves around our finances so that we can spending start spending more in alignment with our values so that we can truly be conscious consumers. And if you're listening to this episode and if this kind of drew your attention, then, you know, this is something that you're either already doing or really looking to grow in. Um, so I'm glad that you're here. I'm super glad to be having this conversation. And I really also want to share another good one that my husband actually holds me accountable to. I said this to him years ago. And like now every single time that we're shopping together, um, especially if it's clothing related, I know you know what I'm talking about, ladies. Um, <laughs> then he asks me this before we check out. And essentially what that question is, is if it's a maybe, it's a no. So he will pick up, he will go through. So say, for example, I get five things. If we go to, you know, um, TJ Maxx or if I'm ordering something online or like, for example, I just got new lingerie recently. So he will like go through each item to hold me accountable and say, is this a, is this a yes, a no or a maybe? And if essentially, if it's not a yes, if it's not a full body, holy hell yes, then I do not buy it. So essentially what I mean by that is if it's a maybe, it's a no. So there's a lot of times that we'll like be like, oh, the sweater, like it could go with this one outfit or like maybe it would work with this outfit. Maybe it could be cute. I have this vision in my mind. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And ultimately, if it's a maybe, it's a no, because I only want things in my life, whether that's clothing or relationships or people or business opportunities or clients that light me up. And as a as an empowered woman, as a conscious consumer, I realize my power and that I have not only the ability and the autonomy and the free will and the freedom as an American, but ultimately the personal power as a woman and as a consumer and as someone who, you know, earns money in the economy to vote and to make decisions with and to use my dollar in alignment with the power and the energy that I want to direct or create. So what I mean is when I invest my dollar into a company, I'm choosing 
to be empowered and I'm choosing to empower others with that money. So again, if it's a maybe, it's a no. Um, I also just want to give the disclosure because I had this in my show notes and I just think it's hilarious because it's so it's so accurate, <laughs> which is like you don't need that 10 sweater. You don't need a 12th mug. You don't need, oh, I can't even say this one hurts me. I was going to say you don't need the 14th plant. Yes, yes, my next plant will be number 14. And I do, in fact, want many more. But do I need it right now in my 1,000 square foot home outside of New York when we're going to be moving soon? Not necessarily. <laughs> so how often, I want to kind of some of these questions I want to ask, especially for women as it relates to clothing, because fast fashion is such a big part of the toxic underbelly that kind of undermines conscious consumerism. So I really want to speak to that because I know a lot of, you know, a lot of the women listening and a lot of my clients or my ideal clients who might be tuning in have this experience. So essentially what I mean by that is starting to ask yourself when it comes to clothing shopping, how often do I wear the things that I already have? So I actually have this rule for myself um, where I have essentially like a one year rule. So if I haven't worn something for one year and it's whether that's in my closet or in my drawer or whatever, even stuff that we keep in the attic because we kind of alternate sometimes like our winter clothes and our summer clothes, because now that I have a partner and we have limited closet space in our, you know, again, thousand square foot home outside of New York, <laughs> um, we have to be really mindful of what we're keeping. And especially as we're moving and thinking about, you know, buying a second home and we're starting to get ready for the move combined with traveling a lot more, we really want, again, to live minimally. We want to live minimally and sustainably and luxuriously. And I promise you, even if it sounds counterintuitive, it is absolutely possible to do all three of those things at the same damn time. Okay, I had to do it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, for those of you guys who don't know, I have um, I have an inner, inner, let me put it this way, an inner, an inner girl who just wants to twerk to rap music. <laughs> Uh, that's my, 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 my humble beginnings, my humble upbringings, we will call it. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so I just want to be, you know, mindful for those of you guys who are not familiar with the reference, one of my favorite rap songs from back in the day. Uh, but essentially, as we're traveling more, as we are really becoming, again, minimal and sustainable and luxurious, I don't want all of this stuff that I don't wear all the time. I don't want all of this impractical stuff. I don't want the one sweater that only goes with one outfit. I don't want the pair of boots that only goes with two things that I own. Like I really need things to be versatile and I'm really moving more towards this model of creating a capsule wardrobe. And if you haven't heard of that, if you're not familiar with that, I definitely recommend looking into that. That could be a whole nother episode in and of itself. But again, having a capsule wardrobe ties back to my values of being minimal, of being sustainable and of being luxurious. So if I, like I said, if I have something that I haven't worn in one year, I get rid of it. Whether that's selling it or donating it or giving it to a friend, it really doesn't matter. But if I haven't worn it in one year, it's gone. And there's certain times where there's one or two things that I'll let slide, but then I'll say, next year, if I come back to do the the, the cut, <laughs> if I come back to, you know, go through my clothes and cleanse and get rid of things that I'm not wearing and not using to just declutter my life, whether that's, I typically do it in the winter or in the spring. Um, if I come back to this next year and I haven't worn it, I'm getting rid of it. Even things that I am even things that I'm connected to, even things that have sentimental meaning or value, ultimately, you know, the physical things that I'm holding do not bring me nearly as much pleasure or satisfaction as the love and the experiences and the memories and the journey and the things that I ultimately hold in my heart that are not connected to a physical or material good. So if that speaks to you, you know, I recommend start kind of kind of starting to go on that journey, both in terms of getting an understanding of yourself and understanding what matters most to you. 
um, and what your vision is for how you want to live your life, but also ultimately just doing that inventory of like what you have right now and how much of it are you wearing and how much of it are you actually using? I know that for myself, like half of my closet because of quarantine, half my closet is not relevant anymore. I don't need to dress like I'm not going to New York City for meetings multiple times a week. So I don't need to dress like in a full blazer, like a like a high class businesswoman when I'm taking Zoom calls. Granted, I still do it sometimes. Sometimes I do it just to feel good for me, but I'm not wearing those clothes three to five days out of the week anymore. I'm wearing those clothes like once a week, once every other week. And otherwise I'm hanging out in yoga pants or sweatpants or I have a sweater on or some jeans. Like it's much more casual now that we're working from home. So start to think about that. What can you get rid of? What can you downsize? What can you donate? This is the giving season. So start thinking about how you can give and how you can create some space so that when we get into this new year, you can start to really expand into that vision that you want to have for your life. And if we're constantly weighing ourselves down with tons of material possessions, it's very difficult to do that. So like I said, how often do you wear the things you already have? Have you've had it for more than a year? Um, it might be time to get rid of it if you haven't been wearing it, if you haven't been using it. And I say wearing when I'm talking about clothes, but for other products or other services, using. It could be, you know, a subscription account. It could be a gym membership. Like, what do you have, whether it's a service or a product, that you're not using? And if you haven't used it for six months, if you haven't used it for a year, you're probably not going to start using it all of a sudden. So let's start to downsize. Let's start to be minimal. Let's start to be sustainable. And let's start to really empower the use of our own dollar. So another thing that I want to say just kind of on that point is make sure that you're purchasing things that you would already buy if they weren't on sale. I cannot emphasize this enough. Like, so my, I'm actually going to see my Aunt Sean and Uncle Les uh, for this Thanksgiving holiday. And we're going to be driving down to Texas and spending like a small, quiet Thanksgiving with just a few of us. Um, and but essentially, my mom's already down there and we're going to be meeting them. And something my Uncle Les used to say all the time growing up is, um, my aunt Sean or my mom would say, oh, but it's on sale. It's on sale. Dillard's is having a huge sale. This store is having a huge sale. Um, and he would literally look them dead in the eye and say, guess what? It's a hundred percent off if you don't buy it. <laughs> that still cracks me up. I use this one to, the, I use that to this day. And my husband says it to me all the time too. He's like, yeah, I'll, cause I'll get caught up in that sometimes. I'll be like, oh, well, I already wanted these and I kind of need this and it's 20% off right now. And he's like, yeah, well, <laughs> what do you use? What do you say, Lindsay? It's a hundred percent off if you don't buy it. So, um, but that's something that's just kind of a, you know, a funny backstory and something that I thought was like hilarious that my uncle says all the time. But essentially like, again, if you wouldn't buy it, if it wasn't on sale, you probably don't need it. It probably does not align with your values because ultimately if you wanted it that bad, number one, you probably would have already bought it or you would have already made a plan to put the money together if you couldn't afford it. So you probably don't want it that bad. And again, we get into that that territory, that category of if it's a maybe, it's a no. If I maybe would have bought this when it was on sale, but when it's on sale, it turns it into a yes, that's not good enough. And you need to start seeing yourself as worthy, your dollar as worthy of being a holy hell yes, a full body yes, that comes from your soul, that comes from deep within, where there's no question of whether or not this is for you. There's no question of whether this product or service is something that you want or that you desire or that you think is going to bring you more happiness or bring you more fulfillment or get you more of what you want, whatever that looks like. And again, that's the benefit of doing this values exercise and getting clarity on what it is that matters to you and what it is that you want and what it is that you desire and what the vision that you have for your life is ultimately. So 
you know, I provided you guys with a lot of actionable tips. You know, we talked about understanding and spending in alignment with your values. We started to kind of get into this territory of needs versus wants. Um, I also want to quickly mention, uh, rec I want to recommend for you to build a budget to treat yourself and then build a budget for what you're spending for others on Christmas. So for example, there's a couple of ways that people go wrong with spending and like coming kind of out of alignment with the, the intention of conscious consumerism. The first is they don't make a plan. So not only do you need to make a plan for what you're going to spend for Christmas and create a budget. So for example, I'm going to spend $500 for Christmas this year. I'm going to spend $200 for Christmas this year. And don't feel bad if it's a smaller amount. I mean, there's a lot of people that are experiencing financial hardship and loss right now. Like that might look like $50 for you. And that's okay. If you're a college student, if you are, you know, young or fresh out of high school or struggling to get a job or in between jobs right now, like it doesn't need to be this super high number. Um, but I want to encourage you, like there are ways for you to, which we'll talk about here in a moment, but there are ways for you to still be very thoughtful around the holidays without spending a ton of money. So, but like I said, create a budget, know what you're going to spend for Christmas. And then the other way that I see a lot of my clients kind of slip up around the holidays is that they don't build in a budget to treat themselves. So come on, we're going to, we're going to be in the season of giving and we're going to want to buy everyone all of these things. And we're going to get caught up in the hype of spending, but then we're not going to spend a single dime on ourselves. No, 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 no. That is not the empowering work that I do with women around their finances. That is not how I work with my clients. That is not what I teach. And that is not what I preach. So what I mean by that is I am all for treating yourself. I am all for buying yourself things to invest in your growth during the holidays while things that you maybe already wanted are at a cheaper price. But what you need to do is you need to plan for that in advance and you need to build a budget. So I want you to have one, a budget for what you're spending on others. So for example, for my husband and I, that budget looks like $300 what we're spending on others. And then we also have a budget for what we're spending on ourselves. And that might be $100. That might be $150. We actually haven't locked in that side yet um, because neither of us have really seen anything that we really want or really need. Uh, however, if that happens, you know, we'll revisit that conversation on a case by case basis and make sure that it aligns with our values. Make sure that it is minimal. Make sure that it is sustainable. Make sure that it is luxurious. If it's going to be something that's an investment, you know, we're not necessarily people that are looking for a lot of products. We pretty much have most of what we need, which is a beautiful gift and a privilege. And I will acknowledge that simultaneously, most of what we'd be leaning towards would be like a service, like an investment, um, an opportunity. So if it's something that's an investment that we see as growth potential, where what we would get out of it is way more than what we would put in, that's something else that, again, aligns with our values of being growth-minded, being on a growth trajectory, building, building not only sustainable wealth, but building our future, building our vision, building our family. So that's just a little bit, again, more about us and kind of just a recap of some of the key things that we've talked about so far. Uh, I wanted to make sure that this is a short and sweet episode with lots of actionable tips. But before we wrap up, I also want to just provide a little bit of deeper context because I feel like this conversation wouldn't be complete without us really addressing the society that we live in and the tactics that are at play and the bigger systems and structures and paradigms that keep us spending. So I want to talk about, again about capitalism as a whole and consumer culture. So we come from a society, we operate in a society where capitalism rules. So because of that, a lot of the businesses and brands and services and products are for-profit machines. And trust me, don't get me wrong. As a business owner, I understand that profitability, profitability matters. Actually, you know, eradicating entrepreneurial poverty, which is a tagline of one of my favorite um from one of my favorite books, Profit First, is, you know, a huge mantra that we've been holding on to in not only my business of Lawless Balance, but ultimately all the businesses that I run across the board. So I completely understand this reality. Simultaneously, 
we can't deny the structures that we are subjugated to. And the reality is the structures and the paradigms that we operate from are dictated by capitalism. And when we're constantly driving profits, we oftentimes will see companies or brands or products or services that are using fear-based marketing tactics to keep you spending. And this consumer culture, this perpetuation of continuing, getting people to continue to spend and continue to buy and to continue to feel emotionally at a deficit or to have an emotional void that causes them to try to fill this with goods or services or products or, you know, another self-care treatment. Or if you just do a face mask or maybe if you if you just buy this next like diet or weight loss strategy or go go on this next investment or do this next thing that it's going to be the answer. It's going to be the thing that's going to bring you happiness and fulfillment. And I want to just go ahead and, you know, be completely clear and transparent and say that that's not what's going to bring you happiness. That's not what's going to bring you fulfillment. The only way for you to do that is for you to go on a journey with yourself and for you to go deeper within and start to do some of this deep work to understand who you are and what matters to you and what did you inherit from your parents? I mean, tying it into the work that I do around finances, what's your money story? What were your parents' relationship like with money growing up? What influences and what impacts have you had? What are the societal and environmental and conditioning factors that you were subjugated to in your upbringing? And how did that impact your relationship with money today? How does that impact the way that you spend? How does that impact the way that you see worthiness and confidence and the power of your dollar and all of these things that we're talking about? And I completely understand that, you know, as I'm speaking, there are marginalized groups, whether that is people of color or black women or women of color or other disabled, even, you know, disabled and so many specific marginalized groups that don't necessarily have the same access to resources in the same way, be that financial, institutional, et cetera, et cetera, economic opportunity, job opportunities, learning opportunities. So I want to speak directly to that and understand that this in and of itself, being a conscious consumer is a privileged conversation. Simultaneously, it matters your dollar matters. It matters now more than ever before. And I'm literally getting full body chills as I say this to you guys, because I am so passionate about this and I'm so convicted about what I'm sharing with you. But I want you to understand your dollar matters. So start investing in companies, brands, and businesses that align with your values. Do your due diligence. Research companies and products. Start to put your dollar into things that really matter to you. I cannot emphasize that enough. And also like this, we, you know, again, we can't be having a conversation about conscious consumerism as it relates to the holidays without acknowledging that like, don't forget what the holidays are really about. Giving and sharing and receiving love. That's what the holidays are about. Connecting with your loved ones, not spending a ton of money, not buying a million gifts, not shopping on Amazon and Walmart and getting all of these products from these companies and these brands that probably don't actually align with your values in the first place so that you can check off a box or so that you can make someone happy or look good. Like rather than us operating from these deficits, these emotional and energetic deficits and making these fear-based decisions about how we spend our money, I'm asking for you to go deeper and for you to really empower yourself so that you can truly become a conscious consumer not just over the holidays, but ultimately throughout your life. So I want to be, uh, you know, mindful of time and keep this uh, a fun short episode so that you guys can listen to this in between, you know, spending time with family or traveling for the holidays. If you are traveling, if you're staying at home, you know, maybe that's a, that rejection could be a divine redirection to again, go deep within and start to do some of this work around getting clarity around your values. Um, and I just want to thank you guys for tuning on um, and re really committing to doing this work. It's such an honor to be here with you. I understand we opened up a lot of stuff and I'm so grateful to have you here. And hopefully you guys can put some of these strategies into action and feel free to share with me on social media or reach out to me and let me know how it's going for you.
So how good was that episode? Oh, I had so much fun recording that solo episode for you guys. So I hope you got so much out of it. I hope you really enjoyed it. And before we hop off, I want to kind of share with you guys an opportunity that I have going on um, for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So uh, just to go ahead and give a quick disclosure, because again, I know we've been so intentional about sharing about conscious consumerism. This is not a deal to get 100 sales. This is an opportunity to start to do this work do this financial work to heal your relationship with money, to really create sustainable wealth and find your cash flow and really step into the life and the purpose and the impact that you want to have and be able to take that money and pass that on from generation to generation. And ultimately, I want you to have the opportunity to do this work without the barrier of financial hardship. So if that's something that's been holding you back, this is the time. This is the opportunity for you. Everyone deserves to learn how to heal money trauma and create sustainable wealth. So if you do decide to purchase this, I, again, I want to be really clear to say, do it because it aligns with your values. Do it because you've been wanting to work with me, but it hasn't been the right time or you felt like you couldn't afford it, not because it's on sale. So like I said, the uh, opportunity that I want to share is that the Mindful Money mini course is going to be on sale for $77. This is typically $197. And this is pretty much like my mini course introductory level program for you to kind of get your toes wet if you're not ready to or cannot afford to make a higher level investment. So this is going to be an opportunity for you to start to work on your money mindset. This is going to be an opportunity for you to start to understand and unpack your money story. I know we talked about that a little bit on today's episode. So if you're wanting to go deeper with this, if you're really wanting to start doing this work around healing your relationship with money and doing the deep work, so that when you apply the strategies, they actually stick, then definitely this is the opportunity for you. So if you guys go to lawlessbalance.com slash mindful money course, you can get all of the information. There's also a link to this on my Instagram and my bio. We'll drop something below in the show notes. And you can also go to lawlessbalance.com slash resources to find access to all the different ways to work with me, tons of awesome free resources um, like meditations and other tools that'll really help you start to get on top of your finances. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I really loved recording this episode and I'm so grateful that, again, you guys are on this journey with me and that you're committing to doing this work. And if you're really ready to take the next step, then I would love to have you join us in the Mindful Money mini course so that we can start getting you comfortable with some of the foundational elements around the mindset and the energy work so that we can start to dive into some of the deeper strategies and they'll actually stick as you start to apply financial strategies to your personal and business finances. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will catch you guys on the next episode and I hope everyone has an amazing holiday. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode resonated with you, please share it on social media or send it to a friend you think would love it too. Want to hear more episodes? Subscribe so that you'll be the first to know when we drop a new episode and also leave a five-star review on iTunes. Your support means the world to us. Let us know how the podcast is impacting you so we can empower more women through the Women of Wealth podcast. For more info on me, you can visit lawlessbalance.com resources. Got some free cool stuff for you in there too. Or come hang out with me on Instagram at lawlessbalance. See you there.